Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, Malcolm Cloud. And joining us once again is Mark Blancafleur. Hey guys, what's going on? How are you, Mark? Doing well, man. Doing well. You know who's not doing well? Malcolm. Because uh, what happened to you, Malcolm? Uh, uh, my appendix burst. So uh, we're, reco- we're recording this a couple of weeks. Uh, well, not a couple like a little over a week after uh, I had my emergency appendectomy. So uh, fun times. So if I'm uh, a little more uh, low energy than usual, it's uh, because of that. But the show must go on. Uh, the show must go on. So Malcolm what's, is what's funny is that when this episode comes out, I should be fully recovered. <laughs> so like the next, like this episode and maybe the next one, you're going to see me in more of a low state, but then ho- who knows? We'll see. Maybe there's a crazy uh, post-surgery upswing or something. Or this was all cut. No, we'll find, we'll find out. <laughs> and uh, this week we are talking about uh, what one of, I mean, not even one of, this is the biggest anime film of all time. Uh, straight up. Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Uh, Mark, you're a big Demon Slayer fan, aren't you? Yes and no. Like, it's, it's okay. not... It's not one of like my, I'm like obviously not as big of a fan as I am with Cowboy Bebop, but it's definitely one of the better shonen uh, animes to have come out in recent years. Yeah, I mean the the, the story is great anime wise, and um, the animation quality has been really really good. So which really helps a lot. We're we're going to be talking about a lot about the animation because I think you know uh, we we can all probably agree the animation is certainly. Uh, a fair bit stronger than maybe the story. That's putting it nicely. That's putting it nicely, especially for someone like Malcolm. Malcolm, uh, let's ask you, what did you know about Demon Slayer going into this? The only thing I knew about Demon Slayer was the fact that it was like an insanely popular movie that's like one of the highest grossing like movie franchises in Japanese like cinema history. So I like knew about that. I just didn't know anything else like if for me it's like very much aligned with like my knowledge of like dragon ball z which is like i know this is popular but i can't tell you anything about this and i to be honest i still can't really tell you much about what i watch like i don't even know the names of the main characters this is a movie technically but as we'll get into it um maybe not as much of a movie as say other movies um so let's just jump right into the history segment because what's more i mean this is a backhanded compliment, but what, what can, what's almost more interesting than Demon Slayer, the manga, or the series, is its fucking rise. Because this is an insane rise. We're talking a two-year period, basically. Demon Slayer was created by Koyoharu uh, Gotoge. His manga career... Oh, wait, I shouldn't even say his, because uh, their, their gender is not known. So, uh, apologies for that. Oh, still unknown. Uh, no, they are anonymous. So, oh, oh! So, so it's just like a pseudonym, and then they're like, um, and they're yeah. So like, no one knows who they are. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they specifically said they uh, identify as non-binary, but they just simply haven't revealed their gender. So, so that was rude of me. But Sashi, I guess it's like a modern JD Salinger, where people are like, we don't know what he looks like if he's you know, uh, he hasn't taken a f- public photo or had a given an interview in years. Although paparazzi's kind of ruined it. <laughs> Thank, thankfully, uh, yeah. Thankfully, it's him for- and Thomas uh, Pacoin. Those are, uh, or how do you say it? Pinchon. That he's the author of like Inherent Vice. He's like also like a very famously reclusive writer. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, Gotoge, their career began in 2013 with four one shots that were published after 2015. 
after their first pitch for a serialized manga failed to be picked up. Their editor suggested they start a series with an easier-to-understand theme. Uh, their debut one-shot, Kagari Gary, would form the basis for Demon Slayer. Uh, apparently, Kagari Gary was, uh, was darker and didn't uh, have a ton of humor, so that was one of the changes that uh, Gotoge made for Demon Slayer. Mm. So Demon Slayer, it debuts in Weekly Shonen Jump on February 15th, 2016. While it was popular enough to get an anime adaptation, it didn't achieve the same highs it has now until that anime debuted in 2019. The adaptation, animated by the world-class studio Ophotable, was praised for its stunning fight scenes, and by the end of its 26-episode season, the manga topped One Piece as the number one selling manga, ending an 11-year streak. Wow. This, this is insane. It topped One Piece, for fuck's sake, which is, again, just like 11-year streak, man. Yeah, you know, you know you're doing well, or you know you're popular, if you're going to usurp one of the kings of manga exactly it cannot be understated so in fact it even says in my notes the popularity of demon slayer cannot be understated so in 2020 the franchise generated over 8 billion in sales revenue it topped pokemon it topped mickey mouse it topped so many things (laughs) eight billion dollars like that's insane and malcolm can't even name the characters what the fuck (laughs) i don't get it i think everyone's uh under the spell of something that i uh, i didn't get the spell to (laughs) malcolm the manga has sold over 150 million copies now with such a huge franchise you'd you'd expect the story to be milked as much as it could right You'd expect that, Malcolm, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, Mark? Well, given the fact that, like, you know, we have all these never-ending stories like One Piece and Dragon Ball, like, I feel like, yeah, it's one of those things where you go, like, yeah, now that this is popular, you're just going to cash in while you can. Guess what? You're fucking wrong because it ended in May 2020. Yep. You know what? Honestly, I mad respect because a lot of those times, like one of the things that's been hard to like when you're trying to like conquer or like watch these, you see these like episodes, you're like, oh my God, there's like 200 plus episodes. And you're like, so much of it's filler. It's all filler garbage. Yeah. And, like this one, I, I appreciate the fact that he's like, nah, I'm good. Or they, sorry, not nah, whoever this is. I mean, the one thing that's got to be like really interesting for this uh, creator, uh, is the fact that like to stay anonymous as you're like having this like meteor uh, what is it now you're having this rise to success and to fame like you'd think like you'd want to be cashing in and like being like the it person at all like the conventions and doing all the social media and probably getting onto all the different like Japanese talk shows and instead it's just sort of like nope no one will know who I am like I'll just it's kind of wild to think about. I think that's such like a cultural difference. Like I feel like if this was happening and like, and this was like a writer from like um, North America, they'd be like on Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers and like, you know, doing like Conan needs a friend. They just do all of that stuff. Like even something like image comics probably wouldn't be like, yo, it's like, Hey guys, come on, continue this for fuck's sake. Yeah. Here's here's a pile of money. Yeah. I guess, I guess it also, um, it just goes to the fact that the, the author are themselves want to remain anonymous. Right. So, uh, they probably don't feel they need to, to do anything more with the story. They've, they probably felt like, um, you know what, I've, I've told my story and I'm happy with it. That that's all I want to do. Right. They're not in it for the, the fame or the glory or anything like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it's also, you know, I appreciate when a story knows when to end more than when a story just kind of keeps going for the sake of going. Like you can see that, like, I don't know, I've always, you know, I bring up like The Walking Dead all the time because I think it's like a good apt comparison, like in terms of like, because a lot of these uh, anime movies and shows we're covering are all based on manga, Walking Dead famously based on an Image Comics uh, series. And it's like for such a, there's a while there where you're just going, oh my God, he's just going to keep like going. He's Robert Kirkman's going to like, he's just going to milk this for all he can. And then he all of a sudden just ended it one day. And I was like, all right, I respect this because I was like, this could have gone on for like 600 issues in theory, but it's like, no ends. And you kind of, everyone's kind of happy with the ending. I'm not, I don't see a lot of people who are like upset with it. I think actually more people seem to be upset with the fact that the walking dead TV show doesn't appear to have an end in sight. Um, it's ending this year, but then there's different spinoffs. What I Anyways, mean is, I was talking about the spinoffs, like the fact no that one, there's like all no, these. Like, no one fucking cares about Robert Kirkman on this podcast. This is an anime podcast. <laughs> Actually, I, that, care. That, I care. I care. That's why I'm that's not. not true, Jack. That's, that's not, not true. true. I care because that because I care more about North American comics than I do about any manga series. Well, I've, I've I've actually met uh, Robert Kirkman on several occasions back oh, in shit. my back in back in my comic book days. Um, I was there when he signed his first boob. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually have an interesting story. I don't know if I've told you this before, but, uh, yeah, Robert Kirkman's a great stand-up guy. He's an amazing dude. I had a, an inc- I don't know, an incident. I have a, a, a story that I'll probably tell you guys some other time, but it involves uh, Grant Morrison, a hotel bar, uh, me and some friends, and Robert Kirkman. Oh, my uh, God. And uh, (laughs) Robert Kirkman, one of the nicest dudes ever. Um, It was around the time he was announced, I believe, president of like of um, of image at the time, because he was just killing it with all his independent or with with his titles with. Yeah. Well, he's got Skybound, right? Which is. Yeah. 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 And becoming uh, like the IDW branch of uh, mm -hmm. image. Yeah, and um, they're literally taking yeah. the GI joke uh, license. So. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the uh, yeah. So I mean, Robert Kirkman, amazing dude. Um, have nothing but love for him, and he's doing well for himself, right? With um, uh, Invincible uh, coming out and and all the success with. Um, yeah, that's the thing you forget about him. It's like no, he has two like incredible like runs that he was doing simultaneously with correct. Invincible and Walking Dead. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, but we're not going. Here for- we're here for anime. We're here for anime. So compare. So, anyways, uh, Gotoge ended his run with just twenty-three volumes. Uh, compare this to Dragon Ball's forty-two volumes or One Piece's one hundred and one and counting. So twenty-three, man, that's small. That is, and I looked up the number of chapters. That's two hundred and five. Like two hundred and five chapters is not a lot for a manga, especially like again one that could be an epic or mm-hmm. you know. There could supposedly be more demons to slay or or so on and so forth. There could be more power-ups or whatever. Again, it, it's shonen. Shonen lends itself well to continuing as long as it can. Um, Jack, you uh, haven't read the manga, have you? I have not. In fact, I haven't even uh, watched the, the arc following the movie, the Entertainment District arc. Okay. Uh, I would highly suggest watching the Entertainment arc because um, it's really great. In my opinion, that that's when the an, the the anime qual or the animation quality really ramps up. Um, 
I um so just to harken back to to the um the manga creator from what I've been told from a couple people so far that who have read it in my uh, they've told me that uh they were actually not happy with how the the manga sort of went so um they are a little bit worried with how the anime will proceed um so that could be a factor for why um the the manga itself did not continue to proceed like i think maybe the the author was um maybe disheartened or just like i need to <laughs> i need to finish this uh asap because i want to move on to a different project so you know who knows we're not in there but um yeah they also just may are they sorry I, I'm, I'm assuming he but that's uh sexist of me <laughs> but uh yeah they also might have other ideas like like you said there was other like stories they were pitching before you know demon slayer comes out and like you said this is also like a very unexpected success so it might have just been that like oh i've kind of like done everything i wanted to do with this and i'm looking to you know change it up and i guess like especially like what's harder is like you know you don't see a lot of like i'm just like a manga writer like you it's everyone's like a manga artist writer duo like combo so it's like they can only really ever work on one project at a time so if there's like multiple projects in like these creatives heads it becomes tough to be like all right when do i stop this one so i can go on to the next and i guess the good thing is is you stop now you can build up like some like demand and then come back to it later to probably more fanfare in a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's I mean, the the writer at least right now it says the you know this writer is only 32. So I'm like that means like they can come back like in 10 years, 20 years. Like they it's not like this like this old writer who got success at the you know uh late in life. It's like no, <laughs> this could have, this person could show up and do more demon slayer at any point. It's not a George R R Martin situation. Yeah, exactly. It sounds. It seems like it, but maybe in, I'm I'm wrong. In fact, in February 2021, they said their next project would be a science fiction romantic comedy story. So there you go, something to look forward to. Hitting all the genres there. Oh. Hitting all the genres. Why not? Uh, you've Interesting. Done- I mean, that was February. What February 2021 or the February yeah. this year? 2021. Hmm. I'm surprised it was- it's not out yet. <laughs> Well, they've got time, and they probably have quite a bit of money. So, they've got oh time yeah, to I mean, like, you got to think about all the cash they probably have generated for themselves too. And you know that. Listen, props, props to them for you know stopping the manga because you know the manga, the manga schedule that manga writers go through is insane. Like they don't. Yeah, sleep. that's true. Yeah. So honestly, like that's another factor to consider the fact that you know they powered through this you know epic four year run, and then we're like, yeah, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to end this, and then you know get on with my life. Like honestly. Bad props. Good for them, because I mean, like, obviously, as a creator, you have to, um, you have to take care of your own health, and I mean, um, you obviously love the product or you love the story. I mean, that's the whole reason why you're doing it. But you know, there's no story to continue if there's no one to continue that story, right? So, good for them for knowing their limits and and, and knowing when not to milk a series. So let's talk about the film. So Demon Slayer Mugen Train releases in October 21 in Japan in the middle of the, pa- the pandemic. And unlike many other anime films adapted from the series, it adapts an arc from the manga, effectively making it season 1.5 of the anime. Which is a, which is a point we'll talk about, Malcolm, how this is very much not a movie. Uh, at, <laughs> least, at least when I watched the movie for the first time, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a movie. 
Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll talk more when we get into the discussion. So, to say the film was a hit is a colossal understatement. It was not just the highest grossing film in Japan. It was the highest grossing film of 2020 in general, with a box office of $500 million. Again, this is during the middle of the pandemic. It is the highest grossing Japanese film in history, as well as the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Insane. No, in general, it's the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Really? An R-rated movie hasn't done more than $500 million? Uh, animated movie, I mean. R-rated oh. animated movie. So yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say I feel like Deadpool put in pulled in more. Well, well, like I, Terminator Two. Yeah, I no mean, but again, like five hundred million dollars for an R-rated animated, not just anime, animated movie is still oh, that's a spicy meatball. Yeah, then that's a movie that people, and it's a sequel. It's not even like the original. It's not like I it's think, like. I think that does. I think it definitely does better. I think the fact that it's a sequel actually is beneficial to it. Probably yeah, exactly. like everyone was so hooked on the show. Like I'm sure if like HBO had done like a Game of Thrones movie like in between seasons, like that movie would have done gangbusters. Or or if you do, you know, a Game of Thrones finale movie or whatever, where it's like you know da- Daenerys versus Jon Snow or some shit. You're like, yep, we're gonna make this a movie. Um, <laughs> you know, who knows what you could have done? So when the film top spirited away, would have been better than that final season. Well, uh, maybe not. I think they were doing stuff. It was all doomed from the start when when George R. R. Martin had finished the book by the time the uh, season, yeah. uh, the last season, was about to air. He was he was too busy working on Elden Ring lore. And as Although, we record, he still has. He, did he do Elden Elden Ring? He was announced as a collaborator for the game, and people greatly. Um, I mean, he himself said he did not do a lot of work, but people oh. people were just kind of joking that like. You know, when Elden Ring was announced, it was hyped up that George R. R. Martin was involved, and then obviously he finally says something. He's like, no, I just kind of wrote some backstories and let them do whatever they want. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah. Well, they still used his name, which is fine. They used his name, and, you know, he, he, you could people can make jokes about how much he contributed or what NPCs he wrote for, but it's I don't think he did a significant amount of work. <laughs> Anyways, we're not talking about that. Uh, so... When Demon Slayer Mugen Train top spirited away as the highest grossing film in Japan, Heyo Miyazaki was approached by a reporter while picking up trash on the street and had this to say. The reporter says, Demon Slayer's box office revenue is approaching spirited aways. What do you think about that, Miyazaki? Well, that's of no concern to me. It's better for Harmony at the studio if box office returns and this, that, and the other aren't really a concern. It's better to work as hard as possible. The reporter, have you seen Demon Slayer? Miyazaki. I did not see it. I don't watch most other things either. I don't watch TV, and I don't watch movies. I'm just a retired geezer picking up trash. Reporter. There are fans who are disappointed that Spirited Away won't be number one anymore in the history of Japan. Miyazaki. I don't really care about that, because there's always inflation in this world. I gotta pick up trash. I like that as just like, listen, like my movie will critically always be better than what this movie is, and like... You know, uh, and he's just happy. Like, I think because the thing is, is yes, something like this being successful means that like studios are more willing to take chances on other projects that are kind of similar, like R-rated anime movies. And so that just helps the ecosystem more so than just like, oh, no, Spirited Away is is, uh, losing, losing the box office wars. It's like no one really cares. Yeah, I mean, and and also, you know, to be fair to Demon Slayer, this movie did win like best animated film in a number of um, 
Japanese award show. So, you know, still did okay critically. Let's talk about the movie, guys. I think we're ready. We're already like 20 minutes into this. Let's talk about the movie. So, uh, Malcolm, you didn't know anything going into this. Did you expect, because I did not tell you, did you expect this to be season 1.5 of an existing show you have not watched? I did not expect that. It surprised me because, like, immediately as they walked in, I was like, or like, as the first scene's occurring, and it's like in that, like, garden graveyard i don't even know how to describe where they were they were just like in some like area with stones and it was Mm -hmm. in the forest um i was like oh my god (laughs) there's already so much happening in terms of what they're talking about and i have no idea what's going on and it kind of continued like like especially (laughs) the ending and it's just like his family's dead and like it's supposed to be all this like moment for me, what I loved is like this kind of for me is the essence of the podcast of like what we began with, which was like Jack throwing me into shows and like me kind of having to decipher it. And so this was like fun for that. Also, what was funny was that I watched the uh, the trailer for Bullet Train. So now people know when this was recorded, uh, the Brad Pitt movie dropped today. And I was watching that trailer before I watched the movie to do this podcast. And then for this to also obviously take place on this a bullet train, I was like, um, who would have guessed? <laughs> I should have because the movie's literally called Demon Slayer Mugen Train, but uh, I didn't look into it that much. Like I try to when I watch these shows and these movies to like really go in with like knowing very little, if not like nothing, because I know- feel like it's more fun that way. And here's the thing. This was a this was an experiment. I, I of course, had talked to Mark before about uh, how intrigued I was about how Malcolm would receive this. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a movie. Hypothetically, there could be people going into seeing this movie. They go, they pick up the movie, they buy their movie ticket, and they go see Demon Slayer movie. I haven't seen Demon Slayer. Maybe I should see this movie because everyone's talking about it. So Malcolm is a fair test subject for, you know, how does I someone like- watch this as a movie? Well, my this is how I feel. I feel like I'm like the parent of like a preteen boy who's obsessed with the show who can't get into an R-rated movie and like is like, "Mom, please, please," or like, "Mom or like dad." It's like, "Dad, please, like just take me to this movie. I really want to see it. I really want to see it." And then like the dad uh relents and is sort of like, "Fine, I'll go see it." And then they are, you know, are forced to watch the movie with their the son who's obsessed. And so the son knows what's going on. And I, I'm the dad of just being like, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> like, I felt like, um, but it was, I still like just entertaining enough. Like I will say there were definitely points in this movie, in my opinion, that really dragged. I was like, Oh my God, this is going on for a long time. And um, I've got points of those in my notes too. So here's the thing, Malcolm, clearly you were watching what is, what is effectively season 1.5 of a show. And guess what? They actually turned this uh, movie into the beginning of season two for the show because they uh, they they recut this movie into seven episodes. Uh, <laughs> and in f- fact, Mark and I watched those seven episodes. And uh, as a bonus, um, this movie, the uh, the episodic version features uh, a, pr- a twenty minute prologue. Of the first uh, episode is a uh, story unique to. Uh, the episodic version but also to make things even more confusing that opening scene you saw malcolm is not included in the tv version <laughs> that's why again, was that included why would why did they have that scene then 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad I watched the beginning of the movie because when I watched the when I watched episode two, which is the beginning of the movie version, um, I was like, oh, that doesn't seem like a strong introduction to a movie. And then I rewatched the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, that uh, initial scene is not present. So this is going to just be extra confusing talking about this fucking movie. But I like chaos. I always choose chaos when we're talking about things here. Oh yeah, I'm embracing chaos here. Um, so yeah, Sorry, but... what were you gonna say? Uh... Oh no, I was saying I, I I love chaos as well, and um, I was talking to um, to Jack, and I was I was almost saying as if um, the 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 season one point five effectively was almost kind of like a director's cut of uh, of the movie itself, uh, with just a little bit of extra features here and there, but really it's just the extra beginning episode really for a uh, 1.5 that is really i guess a director's cut portion of it it's a prologue featuring uh rengoku basically it reveals the most important question of how did he acquire all those bento boxes <laughs> oh yeah that's I mean, real that's real that Star was one Wars of my shit. favorite scenes in the movie was when he was like i think he was sleeping and he just goes tasty 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 yeah <laughs> tasty oh my, oh my. Delicious, delicious, so, delicious. I think it's in the dub I was watching. Yep, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I was like, wait, <laughs> did I watch a different version? But no, no. I mean, to to make things easy, um, basically, effectively, aside from that um, twenty, that first episode extended prologue sequence, the the movie and show are effectively the same. It was oh, just cool. you know, it was just a fun thing. And also, to be fair, this was done by Dragon Ball when they launched Dragon Ball Super. They they took the first two. Uh, Dragon Ball Z movies that effectively relaunched the franchise and reanimated them into uh, 27 episodes uh, with worse animation and worse pacing. So this movie at least kept it to just seven. So it did better than how Dragon Ball uh, handled the, the launch of Dragon Ball Super, where it took you 28 episodes to get to the new content. I guess that parallels definitely the two mangas, right? Because uh, Dragon Ball itself, like we've discussed earlier, is like, hey, why are we dragging these things on? Let's just get to the the meat of of the entire thing. And then that's what um, Demon Slayer does. It's like, hey, instead of doing a a full 13-season arc, uh, or, yeah, 13-episode arc for a season, let's just call it what it is. Let's, let's, Let's call it seven episodes, half a season, so... So, uh, but let's talk around Goku because his introduction is fucking great. Like, I love it. Tasty. 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 <laughs> like, I, I mean, Malcolm, I mean, listen, I, I, I told Mark going into this, I'm like, I think Malcolm's going to fucking hate this movie. I found this movie very boring. I got to say, like, <laughs> I wasn't like, wow. It, what, like, even like some of the fight sequences, I was like, oh, this is really going on. Like, they're really, like, really milking this. Even though there's like some cool ideas, like, I really liked the idea. Like, I'm going to jump ahead a little, but it's like the, this demon in particular has, you know, basically put himself in, like, he's fused with the train itself, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, uh, but then there's just, like, you know, certain monologues that I just felt were like, wow, like, this is. The writers here love a, a monologue. Like I can only imagine that this was like a whole issue of the manga was just this one monologue. But uh, yeah, outside of that, I yeah, there was. I think it's because I don't have a connection to the characters. Like I never watched the show, so there's this element of like a little bit. Of, I'm missing something, but at the same time, it was like okay, I'm still 
here for the ride, even if I feel like the ride's a little like long. Yeah. So like what what uh, Malcolm was saying was that like he feels he's here for a ride, and so it's it's almost as if he was on a roller coaster and he just uh, got like thrust in the chair on a little bit of the the beginning part, like not quite the 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 the, the build up. We got a little bit of a down. Now he's on that second portion um, because yeah, you definitely um, sort of I guess lose a lot in translation by not knowing who a lot of these characters are. So they just thrust you in there as for someone who's coming in is like, I have no idea what the background is on this. Um, you just get thrust in. All you see are these four samurais with swords. And you're like, uh, I get, I get no introduction to who these people are. So they're, they're sort of going in with a little bit of like, Hey, you should probably know who these guys are before you watch this movie. I mean, I'm surprised this film didn't even feature like a quick little prologue or, or some mm-hmm. narration of Tanjiro just saying like, oh, my name's Tanjiro. I've been on this little journey. Like, it, I, I think uh, Malcolm, when we did Hunter Hunter a million years ago with Ray Lynn, they had like a quick, uh, comically fast paced uh, summary of the characters just explaining what their deal was. You know what I mean? Yeah, this- there's almost that like, I, I mean, I appreciate that that trope wasn't played on some level, but you almost miss the trope of just like, you know, again, it's like, yeah, my name is blah, blah, blah. And this is what's happening. <laughs> but I guess if that's not true to this, what this book is. And also, I guess, in theory, based on the fact that this is like the highest grossing R-rated um, animated movie in Japanese cinema history, it doesn't sound like they really needed to have any sort of recap because everyone was on board except for me. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the thing. Whatever they did paid off. And in but again, fact, I guess it's oh, like if you're, you know, someone who's like, you know, f- trying to jump into, say, like, watching MCU movies nowadays, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? It's like, no, you got to start from the beginning. Yeah, I, I guess MCU is a good comparison, because it's not yeah, like, sure. I mean, does every MCU movie begin with a character uh, giving a brief summary of the previous 25 films? So, yeah, shit. In fact, yeah, Demon Slayer is just following in the steps of the MCU, and, you know, Demon Slayer just requires you to watch 26 episodes. Like, you know, that's that's relatively short compared to how long the MCU is at this point, which is like yeah. what, like 50 hours or some shit. It's yeah, got, it's, it's, yeah, it's gotta be at least two days worth of like, oh, and then, well, it's, that's not even including the television shows. Yeah. We're not. And I guess like agents of shield, which is now Canon or Jessica Jones, which I guess they've basically made Canon with uh, the recent developments or whatever. So yeah, well, well, all, those, all the Netflix, sure. uh, Marvel shows are now on Disney Plus. They all yeah, so, I mean, if, if if you haven't seen No No Way Home, sorry, but it looks like the Netflix content is canon or whatever. Well, at, uh, least, at least one of them, anyway. Well, I guess by extension, if one of them is, then the rest of them are, right? If if one of them is, the rest of them probably are. So, well, I don't, the, yeah, who knows? Maybe Iron, maybe Iron Fist won't be returning. Mm-hmm. But yeah. aside from that, maybe Iron Fist and the Defenders might not be in there. Yeah, but, I watched uh, the Defenders all in one day, and I. It, can't tell you that was a good idea. That was it had Sigourney <laughs> Weaver in it, um, but yeah, it wasn't very good. Anyways, we're not talking MCU. That's a different podcast. So uh, these are uh, that that podcast is is this MCU? <laughs> our lead characters. Uh, so our lead characters, just just for Malcolm's sake, uh, our main character is Tanjiro, um, the, the man in yellow, who uh, Rengoku refers to as Man in Yellow, which tells you how little he is in the movie, where he, even one of the key characters doesn't know the identity of another character. Uh, is uh, His name is Zenitsu. And then the person 
who I feel, Malcolm, you might have really taken a shine to the boar, the character with the boar face. <laughs> you know me too well now. You really, you really, you're really calling your shots on this one. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I was like, I wanted more of the boar character because that was kind of like, what the fuck's happening? Like, you see, like, is no one going to address this? But I like that it's more of a costume. Like, they're like, yeah, he just he loves the boars, and you know, he's got he's got to wear this like boar you know, mask, if you will. Although it sounds like I did read after watching the movie that it sounds like it's like an actual boar's head that's on his face. So that's given me some leather face vibes, but that's that's here nor there. Watch, watch the Demon Slayer anime to learn that character's tragic backstory and why they behave the way they are. But that character's name is Inosuke. And of course, we, we've mentioned Rengoku a million times because he is effectively the lead of this movie. That's the thing, Malcolm. I mean, Rengoku. I mean, Rengoku's story effectively begins in this movie, right? I mean, um, yes. Mark, to my recollection, he doesn't appear a ton in the uh, first season. He's kind of an interesting character. You you meet him, and then you know. But this is this is the meat of his arc, and obviously, um, given his fate, it's the end as well. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah, throughout the first season, I think you only see bits and pieces of him when all the uh, uh, Hashiras are um, just gathering for whatever meetings they have. So he's the character you can, you can latch on to. And I think Malcolm, Malcolm, were you, and again, we talked about his tasty, tasty, tasty introduction. I mean, you know, I think he makes a pretty good first impression as, as a person you're intrigued by, at least, Malcolm. Yeah, I think he, like I said, I liked the introduction. I was like, oh, this is kind of a funny way to... To, to have this character pop in but um outside of that i feel like it's like okay so this is what's going on um i, yeah, I don't have like a huge opinion on him i got like that but i'm i mean as the movie yeah right now at least like in this part of like what we're talking about well well what i'm saying is the movie definitely wants you to have a strong opinion on rengoku by the end of it given given how much rests on his shoulders for the emotionality of the third act yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I mean, everyone's, I mean, that was the fun, one of the funnier scenes, which was like, everyone's just crying their eyes out at the end. Where I was yeah. like, it's a long crying sequence. <laughs> like, it's just like, and like, to be honest, I did not feel that emotionally invested. So I was just like, this is going on for a while. They're, they're um, crying because they want you to cry as well. They're like, hey, the characters are crying. That means it's your turn to cry too. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, maybe if I was more emotionally invested in it, I would. And uh, also because of, yeah, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I had some uh, uh, surgery stuff going <laughs> on with me. <laughs> maybe I'm a little more hollow right now. Um, the, um, well, sorry, what was, I was going to say that, um, shoot, for uh, Rengoku, it's, I think it's one of the best intros that could happen from like that that was a good way to introduce that character like you could already tell that um he's his sort of personality just from like the short instance that you meet him right he's um sort of positive and very uh energetic almost fire well almost fiery like not quite fiery as in like uh a uh, sundere kind of relationship but you see that he's spirited you know, and that very matches his sort of flame uh, motif that he has there. That's a good way of putting it. And um, so, so when Tanjiro, our lead character, meets Rengoku on this train, uh, this train that will, uh, you know, is the whole uh, is where our whole story is set, hence the title Mugen Train. So 
Tanjiro tells uh, Rengoku a bit of his backstory. And I just love when, like, Rengoku is just like, go on. <laughs> he's just like, you know, he's a good listener. He's like, yeah, I'm totally invested in what you're saying. Tell me more. Just well, like, I, I'm, well, like I said, I might not be reacting as much no to this one. So don't you were, worry. It's not you about, very, yeah. You were more invested talking about Robert Kirkman, Malcolm. Well, I, I've got all day for Robert Kirkman. <laughs> I don't have all day for this movie. Um, so Zenitsu, our, our man in yellow, he freaks out when Rengoku uh, informs them that there's a powerful demon on board. Uh, Zenitsu, who, who gets very few moments in this movie, I was kind of surprised at how little he's in this. But it does sort of, um, it does kind of correlate to him in the first season, because you don't see much of him in the first season either. Uh, in fact, he does quite, if I recall correctly, very little. He doesn't show up until like the second half. Um, okay. but, when he, but but when he does, he is uh, pretty cool, I guess you could say. Yeah, so. he has his cool moments, and then he also has his freakouts, which I guess is the whole contrast of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rengoku, he takes down some ugly-ass demon uh, with his flame-breathing first form. Uh, that's the other thing, Malcolm, so... The most important thing about Demon Slayer, more than anything, really, is the animation. The animation in this series is top level. Ufotable has done like a pretty fantastic job, especially compared to like any other weekly anime series, I would say. Um, but I think an important thing to tell you, Malcolm, is um, which the show, which the movie does not explain, is like these actions. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark even though these characters are doing like moves with like fire and stuff, they aren't actually doing them. That's just like an illustration of their strength. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think for sure it's, it's, yeah, it's just showing their, I guess the, the technique, I guess you could yeah. say like it's, for sure the, the sword upper or whatever it is, is very much like a, a circular slash he does. Right. Yeah. But it's not like these characters have the power of fire. It's basically a way to just illustrate uh, their strength. But yeah, in, in, yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely to to enhance, to give it the hands, like, oh, this is, yeah, super fast like fire or super strong with fire or whatever. Yeah, but it's not to say these characters actually have like superpowers. Again, it's it's a creative way to pick their powers and just make the series uh, look more engaging. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna back oh, ooh, I'm, ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack on that a little bit because sure. because I think it falls in line with how each of these demons. When you look at it, have their own sort of superpower, right? Like, for example, like like uh, Malcolm had mentioned earlier, the main baddie in this one fuses himself with the train, right? Um, the if, if I recall correctly, then yes, the um, the Hashiras as well as all the Demon Slayers, when they're doing this, um, it sort of emulates and yes, does perform those sort of actions um because even then um zenitsu's um zenitsu's one of zenitsu's abilities um um what's his name tanjiro mentions oh i hear i heard a loud clash at the back of at the back of the train which is similar to the the thunder of uh of zenitsu so i think there are actual um abilities that happen and are extent to that. And I think Rengoku actually um, sort of explains that with their uh, the skills of the Demon Slayers and how 
they're all sort of rooted in in five elements the f- earth fire wind um lightning earth fire wind water yeah um, all, yeah all- I'm wrong about this. Yeah. And uh, as, as someone according to Reddit says, in fact, the fight with some of the later characters is very clear. The effects are not purely visual. So shit, yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. No, 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 no. But that's, this is something that you would only get if you were uh, uh, watching the series, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it is very much for sure. There are definitely instances in the beginning of the series where you're like, oh, yeah, that, they, they, they did the, the whole water technique because he's simulating fluidity with his with his sword movement and you're like oh that yeah that's plausible but then just like you had mentioned further as you go along down the line and you experience all the uh other um hashira's um abilities you're like oh it's not just for show they they are actually invoking said um said um elements with their with their abilities so Yes, um, he's so he's so fast. Uh, Rengoku is so fast or so strong that he creates I don't know friction with the air that sort of ignites it, uh, and then causes ex- fire burn damage on his attacks. Um, so yeah, Rengoku he takes down a couple uh, demons, and then our heroes get put to sleep. When this sequence happened, this is when when I was first watching the movie as a movie, I was like, oh, this is really feeling episodic because. Mm. you know the and i mean as i watch the episodes yup this fits basically an entire episode which is the dream sequences Mm because yeah it's it's an episodic event where the characters are put through their dreams um also i didn't even get the name of our main bad guy i never actually picked up on his name i told you like their names are barely mentioned so i don't feel i feel vindicated in the sense that i didn't really know that it was tanjiro uh was it tanjiro Mm-hmm. Um, I was the lead's name. Um, but uh, yeah, Rengoku, Rengoku's name is said a lot. Rengoku is said, name yeah, is said Rengoku a lot. said a lot. I do, I will give you that credit, but yeah, other than that, it's not like these names are just like constantly shouted out. So, and they're not the most memorable characters. Uh, yeah, I, I, sorry, I, I will note that, uh, I did the only thing I really know about the, the main villain is his power ranking. Okay, what's his power ranking? Which is a lower one demon. Okay. Okay. What are the de- what are these power rankings for demons? Do you know? Okay. Yeah. So so uh, this is all stuff from the first season. So um, basically, the demons that they had killed in the beginning, uh, in the beginning of the chain, the uh, the the one weird looking one with the long arms, I think it was, and the other one, um, they're your basic run of the mill demons um that are just you know going around killing people the bad guy himself was lower one so i guess you could say that's like maybe a rank uh whatever how you're ranking it and then we further and then we find out at the or which we've known from the series but as we see in the movie there's a level above the lower ranks so uh right now this guy here the main baddie of like the a rank um uh, villains he's at the top of the uh, top of the top of the heap so it would be like the a rank hero in one punch man uh super flashy flashy guy whatever he's a rank number one right okay so, so with them with the with with the demons you have the main baddie then you have your upper rank demons and you have your lower rank demons and then you have your run-of-the-mill demons All so right. that thank you, that's thank the, you so that. that is the ranking that i've gathered and what i can remember from from the series 
Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, again, the the anime ended in 2019. I watched this movie um, last year. I'm watching it again. Uh, I haven't watched uh, the latest portion of the anime. So, again, even me, I'm, like, you know, trying to trying to pick up. I would recommend it, though. It, it, it increases even more so the flashiness of the... Um... Of the animation, it really puts uh, uh, UFO UFO table on the sort of the map for me in terms of animators, because uh, there is some beautiful action sequences not only in the movie but especially later on in the second half of this quote unquote season in the entertainment arc. Um, again, because you guys aren't really into it, I would still recommend going ahead and, and to all the listeners out there, definitely um, go and at least. Just watch some of the last few episodes if you're not really interested in the, ser- in the series, but just to watch the animation quality that is given uh, to to the show. Because if you see this and you think, oh, wow, like, what is the animation quality you could apply from UFO Table to some of the other anime series out there, you know? Like, one of the biggest gripes out there for One Punch Man Season 2 was that the, the anime quality or the, the animation quality was severely lacking. Now, if you gave UFO table or, or UFO table that that gave them like One Punch Man, like season two could be so much better or season three could be like amazing if you follow the manga and know what's happening. Like, I'm really looking forward to the next season of One Punch Man because of just what happens there. And I just wish that um, UFO table would would uh, would just animate everything, any, anything shown in that has action, because these like the the I can't I can't praise it enough how how beautiful and how cool looking the um like the last three episodes last three or four episodes were of uh, the entertainment arc so definitely recommended to go watch that and I I mean listen I know I'm sounding lukewarm on this movie I was lukewarm when I on it when I first watched it but to be fair like that's more me criticizing it as a movie. Uh, and just me being disappointed that it felt like season 1.5 because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I thought we were getting a movie. Um, to to bring up a comparison, I saw Dragon Ball Super uh, Broly, and that is very much a movie. It's a you mm-hmm. know, beginning, mm-hmm. middle, end. It even introduces new characters as kind of introduction pieces to the world of Dragon Ball. So hypothetically, if Malcolm watched that, he could be like, oh, okay, I, I, I recognize these characters that are also new to the story on like uh, Goku and Vegeta or whatever. So that's the thing. Um, and you know the the there is a proper conclusion as opposed to them being like okay wait um, here's what's next. But again, like the thing about Demon Slayer is it's fucking gorgeous. I love the music. Like when the music hypes up during these action scenes, I get invested even if uh, my plot and narrative brain isn't necessarily functioning as well. Like again, like the, when you watch shonen series that are doing things well, again like this, like you you it. You know, you do get invested at least when you know the the big music uh, plays. I don't know. I'm just repeating myself now. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, just like with anything, uh, any good movies or anything like that, the score or the, or the music is supposed to enhance the scene or enhance the show, right? Uh, yeah. And you're and, and you're right. It it does. Um, for me, yeah, it does uh, um, upgrade my experience when I'm watching the TV show or the movie, regardless of both. Um, like for sure, the end scene with uh, Rengoku, um, even the middle portions there, uh, when we get into the whole dream sequences with uh, Tanjiro's family, you know, when when Tanjiro, when we first see Tanjiro enter his dream state, you know, yeah, um, there's something about, uh, and honestly, like 
for me, so so to to go into to del to delve into a little bit of of, of the ser- uh, the the show is that um, obviously first okay so um, I guess um, Malcolm sort of sussed it out from here is that clearly Tanjiro's family is dead and he comes back and he gets to see his family again so that just that itself that situation if you if you put yourself in that situation. That's heartbreaking and, and and not only heartbreaking but also heartwarming too. It's heartwarming because you see Tanjiro and you see his emotions and you see how much he loves his family and he cries seeing his brothers and sisters again. And then meanwhile, knowing the backstory, you're, it's also heartbreaking because you know it's not real and it sucks. So yeah, uh, I mean, I knew that one obviously. Like you know, they're like it was really interesting, especially that like that because it's this demon like can, can kind of control them once they start dreaming. Um, it's sort of like one of the big, like his big powers. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that one, it was really great to see like the juxtaposition of him trying to like create this nightmare of uh, being like, you should be the one who's dead. You should be, it's your fault. It's all your fault. Mm-hmm. And then cutting to like the battle on the top of the, um, the train okay. and then them being like, it's not real. They would never say that. Like, and I like the, that kind of, you know, that break. And I think Jack was saying earlier, uh, the music, um, I thought it was actually probably one of the stronger parts was, I was like, every time I was like, okay, this is like, it's really well composed. Um, Which I, you know, I I gotta say a lot of uh, these things that we cover on this podcast, like the music's always uh, pretty top tier in my opinion. Yeah. It stood out in a good positive way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So we also get backstory for Rengoku uh, with his brother and his father and his mother, of course. Uh, his father, like, again, like, you kind of expect just off tropey, tropey things that his father would be like, oh, he'd be a great warrior who, you know, perished. And instead, his father is the guy who just straight up lost his passion and quit, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating. Yeah, yeah I, so one thing you actually miss in uh so with that, good good job bringing that up jack one thing you actually miss from the movie that you um that you get in the um the 1.5 series is there's a little bit of a flashback there for rengoku with his dad um so malcolm what happens in in the first part like like jack said we we do get an introduction to rengoku um there was a slasher going around the station that were just killing someone and uh, Rengoku shows up to to get to the bottom of it. And what happens is he ends up saving um, this nice old lady and uh, the old lady's uh, grandchild. Because they're both selling bentos at the station. And no one's in the station. And they're struggling to make ends meet because uh, there's a slasher out there. Jack the Ripper's out there. And, 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 and no one wants to go out at night because they're fearful for their life. Uh, and so, long story short, the, the slasher ends up coming back around and tries to kill um both the old lady and the and the granddaughter who who formed a relationship a small small relationship with Rengoku uh and and you see more of Rengoku's personality in there and how much he's like of a righteous dude who's just a really cool dude like someone you'd want to have on your back you know or, or on your team and so what happens is he performs this move this, you know this move to to finish off this guy and the grandmother has a flashback, and she sees this guy, he, uh, Rengoku, in this super badass position. He's um, 
you know, he does the sword technique. Uh, he pulls out the scabbard in the same way. He, you know, puts the sword back in the same way. And um, all the while, the 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 old lady is like, oh, my God, this is the same man who saved us 20 years ago, which we find out what Goku says. Oh, that's not me. That was my father. So just like Jack said, you can see that he was a badass, um, super badass dude. It's just weird to see him now as just this sort of lackadaisical drunk who's lost his passion for life and swords. So um, that's one of the cool, or I guess one of the unfortunate things of, of for the movie is just that you just sort of don't get a little bit more of that backstory, which is unfortunate. Yeah, very well put. I mean, you can I couldn't have articulated it better. This is a, I mean, the plot of this movie is pretty basic, to be fair. I mean, they fight mm-hmm. the demon. The demon merges with the train and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Because when when um, who is it? When Tanjiro like wakes up for his dream, the way he wakes up is that he basically has to cut cut his own head off uh, within the dream, mm-hmm. which, which is pretty fucking metal. And you know, okay, so you know what I thought, right? What? So for 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 the dreams, like so in the dream sequences. Um, the the bad the bad guy says, okay, it's not an ever it's not an uh it's not an everlasting field or whatever. There there are boundaries. You, and for for the little four assassins, they have to find you know the edge and they have to pierce the soul uh, of of the um, of the uh, the slayers, the demon slayers, in order to kill them, right? And so Tanjiro has the um, his one like flashback or whatever an epiphany where his dad comes. And, and and teaches and uh, basically tells him um, what you must cut is within your reach. And I thought at that point he was already like at the at the edge of the um, of the of like the boundary, you know, where they cut and then they, they get into the soul or whatever yeah. the person. And that's actually super interesting, is because each person's soul is very much a reflection of who the demon slayer is. So, like, when the girl um, pierces the veil, sort of, and you see um, Rengoku's soul, it's fiery, you know? It's in, a, like, a field of, like, fire sort of things. And then when the other guy pierces um, Tanjiro's soul, it's a beautiful, calm sort of ocean um, with a clear blue sky. And it's just so peaceful and, and like, loving and, and warm, I think he, he says it. So I thought that Tanjiro was, like, you're at the edge pierce through like cut through like the veil find the bad guy and um you know defeat him that way i didn't at the time i was like i didn't think it was fucking cut your own damn throat yeah that was great i was i mean i'm a a big horror guy so like you know those moments of like the body horror elements of this movie kind of did definitely like intrigue me the most <laughs> yeah but it's like holy shit like that's uh, that's the stuff where i was like okay this is cool kind of, yeah. again it was it was this weird thing like i had this like kind of wave where this like movie for me felt very like in the background and then it would like kind of hook me and then it would be, like mm-hmm. kind of go back into the background it was like yeah these waves and i mean yeah. to be fair to be fair yeah. Malcolm, i felt that way too even when watching it the first time oh yeah me too as well when i watched it as well i'm like oh Get me out of this fucking like backstory of these people. Yeah. Like, yeah, show me the fucking action already. Like, show show me the cool shit. But I think it does say something about the quality of the action. Also, you know, the action is why this adaptation uh, received you know such high praise and just such a oh, oh for sure. Lie. Let's let's 
let's not get it twisted. Everyone, like <laughs> 99% of the people watching Demon Slayer is for the freaking cool fight scenes. Yeah. It's not for the story. Well, the story is kind of heartwarming and everything like that. It's cool and interesting. But the one thing that they do well, and they know it, are their fight scenes. And again, like this, if this anime doesn't isn't animated by ufo to ufo table or oh, oh man uh, i like your pronunciation ufo table i like that one i'm gonna use that uh if this anime isn't animated by ufo table it's not the fucking billion dollar franchise it is now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just straight up uh, if this is animated by you know uh toei or uh, whoever whoever handled that garbage um initial dragon ball super season like mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. not fucking happening, man. Even yeah, even, like, even like the guys doing My Hero Academia. I mean, I think that's a pretty good shonen show. But even then, yeah, like, yeah. So I mean, that's what I'm saying too. Like, imagine if UFO Table does a season for for My My Hero Academia, right? Like, how yeah. cool could those scenes be, right? So it's if anything, this is a real plus. Not only not only for for Demon Slayer the series, but more for for the animation studio, the studio uh, UFO Table, right? Like. They've really upped their stock with that, and I, I whatever their next series is, it could be whatever. It could be like a a, a shoju anime, or it could just be your slice of life anime. I'll watch it just to be like, okay, what kind of cool animation quality are they going to bring to the table with this? Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Like, and I think, like you said, like the animation here is you know very strong, especially for you know obviously this came out recently, so it's not like we can be like, oh, you know. This would have been great ten years ago. It's like no, it's pretty good for now. Um, and yeah, like I mean, what I liked is that they knew this was gonna. It feels like they knew this was gonna be a hit, and then they put the money in to make sure, it, like, <laughs> really, like, hit. Because there's definitely times where you kind of go like, yeah, some of these like you know movies. It's very easy just to be like, let's cut some corners, let's mm-hmm. go and just like you know we'll save some bucks here so we can like make even more profit. But I liked that they kind of put their money where their mouth is and just was like, we're known for our fight scenes. It sounds like, so yeah. it's like, let's make these fight scenes really stand out for the theatrical experience. So I got to say, if that's the case, like that's the win. Yeah. So, so let's talk Inosuke. Inosuke has a very funny <laughs> dream sequence uh, where he pictures his friends as uh, animal people uh, and they're his minions. That's his whole thing. He's like, where should he? <laughs> He wants everyone uh, to worship him as their or fuck worship me as worship me worship me minions. That's what he says often. Yeah, uh, it, it's very much consistent with his with his character throughout the first season. When he, I think, when he first appears, them he tries to to come off as their de facto leader. Yeah, uh, because like I'm stronger than all of you. I'm the leader. Blah blah blah. Because that's how he was raised on the mountain, right? Strongest survives. Um, so he's again, very. Much- very much plus in the strength and and less in the intelligence factor. So and and again, what a fantastic character design! Just straight up, mm-hmm. one of the most iconic ones, obviously, of this uh, series. And so, both of you don't really know this, right? Like, you don't you you've never seen the right. You don't know anything from uh, about Inosuke aside from he has he's wearing a, a boar's head, right? I, I watched the the anime in like 2020, 2019. Yeah, it sounds like Jack does, but I don't. I I will say uh, this is the. F- Outside of like knowing that this was popular, I had no idea about anything walking into this. Uh, so, Malcolm, what would you think that what what do you think Inosuke would look like if he was wearing a mask? 
What do you mean if he was wearing a mask? Is oh, it's so the helmet. Like, 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 do you, why, why, like, do you think he's like a chud, like, um, like sloth <laughs> or, or what? What do you, what do you think he looks like under the mask? Is that a thing that you even worry about? Oh, that's a good question. I, I feel like he might be like the best looking guy in the group. <laughs> like he's got like, like, you know, that's sort of like, this crims one of the like the Hollywood Chris's like he's just like what the hell like he's like a showstopper like all the women are like drooling over him um yeah. that's what I I want to say but I also feel like I don't know he could be like uh he could be deformed but I I don't I don't know I don't want to say that I'm gonna my guess is I have not looked it up I'm not uh I don't know yeah I said he's some sort of like hunk you would be a hundred thousand percent per Correct. What? Dude, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Dude, like he has like so his color scheme I believe is blue, so he has like blue hair and he has like long kind of like shoulder length hair and like like nice eyes and everything like that. Dude is a ten on the anime dude factor. <laughs> I did not expect that. I was just like yeah. oh, like I was just going like this would be funny if they did that. <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna actually happen. What the yeah, fuck? It, <laughs> what it, the it, hell? It, well, it's a little, it's a little cool, like funny, like I guess comedic, uh, I guess ironic thing that they put in there, uh, and especially with his voice too, right? Like with his voice, it's so like raspy and like and then harsh, and then when you see him, like when you first see him with his boar mask or boar uh, helmet mask off, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And he's yeah, like, uh, he's I feel like, that's funny. almost like a bitonin, like you know, like uh, really pretty looking dude. Yeah, I'm just looking him up now just because I want to see. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, see? I mean, the live-action version of him is uh, crazy, or like at least the the uh, cosplay version. When you look him up, there's like a cosplay guy with the like the boar helmet on and just ripped. <laughs> but I guess it's like, that was the, the other thing. It's like, he is uh, ripped. So it was like, okay, yeah. maybe. So there was, there was definitely- it would have been funny if he was ripped, but also like just had like a fat face or something. <laughs> like just like all of his fat yeah. was on his face. Just double yeah, chins, for- triple chins. Yeah, for some reason, it, it's, it's the whole reason why he's invoking the boar's head is because his face literally looks like a boar. Yeah, or he takes it off and it's just like, it's like, yeah, basically the same thing. You're like, what the yeah. fuck? Uh, like, damn, put it on, put it on. Put it on, he can't. But I guess like, I don't know, did they do like a joke with like with that where he takes it off and they're like, oh my God. And then he just like puts back the, the boar's head or? I I, I think they, 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 they do, I think Kanjiro says something like, oh my God, like he's like beautiful or something like that. But I don't know if they, he, I don't think Inuske takes it as, as a slight. I think he was maybe unconscious or something like that. Okay. I guess he's like kind of seems like a bit of like the George of the Jungle slash like Tarzan character. Yeah. World, yeah very right? much, very much, very much the, the, the George of the Jungle type guy. Yeah. Which yeah. I appreciate. You don't see that very often in like anything anymore, that kind of character. Yeah. It's like the he British was just in the woods for all these years and now he's back and he's hot. <laughs> Super ripped and just a hunky dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's get to the part where uh, the demon uh, has this confrontation with Tanjiro. Tanjiro cuts off the demon's head, but then it's revealed that the demon has, in fact, fused with the entire train. Yeah, I like that we've talked about that already. You were like, and then he was fused with the train. And then well, it's like, we're trying to get back. We're trying to get back to it. You're trying to get, what is it? Are you trying to get back on the train? 
the train. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to get off the rails. <laughs> this right, is all. Also- yeah, this is what I'm getting post surgery. This is what you what you're getting, you <laughs> listeners. <laughs> this is what you deserve. Uh, this, <laughs> this I think is throughout, all- I think oh. throughout the entire thing, um, Tandro mentions like he like Tandro seems to have a, a keen sense of smell, and it seems that he can't he can't really pinpoint anything. So it's sort of an illusion or a foreshadowing of, of actually what's happening. I think so. Yeah. I, agree I mean, that was, that was the part where I felt I was getting a little confused. At. I You're getting like, a little confused. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the moment where uh, Zinitsu, he has this badass moment uh, slashing all like the, uh, the creepy train techni- uh, tentacles, but then he falls back to dreamland. He's basically yeah. like, you know, I'll save you Nezuko. And, you know, gets to be a badass. And then all of a sudden he falls back asleep. So. Yeah, it, it it it's it really sucks for for Zenitsu because I think like he could be one of the if not the strongest of the three when it comes to like their sword skills. Um, but he's just he has that sort of that skill detrimental of like he can only do it when he's sort of pseudo unconscious. Hence the yeah, whole he has to like be kind of sleeping or something. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like. Because if he's just a regular dude, he's just he's just a scaredy cat who's kind of like a watered down Sanji from, or yeah, a, a watered down Sanji from from One Piece. He was just like a sort of a, a woman chaser, but like not quite as, as as skillful until he's unconscious. Then he's then he turns into uh, to Zoro. The other thing too, I thought this was a fun moment um, when basically you know there Tanjiro is trying to take down uh, the demon, and then he's like, but while he's doing so, he's like falling back asleep and then waking up again. I, don't know. Mm-hmm. I, thought that was a, I thought that was a cool use of the villain's powers. Yeah. And then the fact that he also, he also um, tricks him a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. When, when Inosuke stops him, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. you're not asleep. Yeah. He's, so. he's, he struggles to, uh, even he struggles to find out whether, you know, he's in reality or not. Well, mm-hmm. what makes that like so interesting is because this demon or slasher is there referred to. Um, which should be means this show should be called like slasher hunters or whatever, <laughs> uh, uh, not demon hunter slayer or yeah or whatever. Um, yeah, this um, it's interesting because like obviously his powers that come out when he sleeps, but this demon or slasher uh, seems to take control of people when they are asleep. Uh, I I don't know. I like the kind of like the ideas of playing around with that, even if it's not the best executed. Um, of that idea, if that makes sense. Am I wrong? Did I like? Did I misinterpret that? No, not not to my recollection. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the Ren Goku thing. When Ren Goku finally um, gets back into the fold, the demon he tries to appeal to Ren Goku. I thought this like little relationship they developed was kind of interesting because the demon doesn't actually want to kill Ren Goku. He wants to make Ren Goku one of them so they can like duke it out for eternity. Yeah, so um, that was a so uh, that was a. That's a little bit of a big jump, isn't it, from the defeat of the of the uh, the demon? Because we're talking about a different demon now, aren't we? Oh, I thought we were talking. Oh, were they fucking different? Am I that dumb? God damn it! Fuck. They are. So we're gonna have to cut. I don't know if you want to. Oh that yeah, out. cut cut that out. Um, switch switch it. So wait, because that that that's yeah, that's the other guy. That's the other guy. Shit, um, fuck! I thought he was just taking on another form. I got no. We shouldn't cut okay. that out. This is like a fair thing for me to continue. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Sasha, keep this in. I, I fucked up, in. and I'm, 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 I'm here to admit it. 
Yeah. So actually, we should we should definitely uh, come to that part later because uh, it's entirely something different than what you think what? it is. Shit, I got confused by that. All right. No, no, this is good. Like no, this, it's, is, it's, this is this is the it's, it's, these are the moments I crave. I want Jack, the expert of this podcast, to fuck up. <laughs> it, it's actually super valid though because um, we've seen different forms of of the villain. We've seen him in, in his sort of uh, puppet puppeteer form that he can perform, and we've seen him in his fused form. There is no reason to not believe that he has another form. This is a boss. This is a. It's like a boss level fight. He's he obviously didn't die in the first one. The the second life bar came out, and the second boss fight came out. There's there's no way. Uh, there's no way to think that, you know, this third form of this villain is possible. Yeah, especially in a movie, right? Where you kind of go and like, yeah, like you don't expect it to be like, oh, this is gonna be a different character. Um, yeah, and, and for sure, which which for sure, which which you're right, Malcolm, which leads me to believe. Again, reiterates uh, Jack's point, but this wasn't really meant to be a movie. This is just uh, this is really the seven uh, extra episodes condensed down. Like, how can we sort of maximize our our thing in in doing it? Because it's a lot of the elements that they're putting in here are not like your typical movie structure, right, Jack? Like the way it's it was intro and all it's these people. All. It feels episodic. Like even watching exactly. the movie the very first time, I felt like, oh, these are very clear episode act breaks. And when I was, you know, I watched the first four episodes um, last night and then watched the three today. And it didn't feel like I was missing a step. For, well, I missed a step in the plot, but you know what I mean? The structure <laughs> itself. The structure itself, though, I didn't feel like I was missing a step. You know what I mean? Yeah, like when oh, you look up like this, like, um, you know, Demon Slayer, like just like on like, say, like a Wikipedia or something like this is labeled as like the train art. Right. So like it makes sense that, you know, it is kind of structured, yeah, you know, more episodically. Like it's I think it what's interesting is the fact that they didn't go like we're making a movie, so we should like frame this as a movie. It was sort of like, no, we're gonna adapt the manga, kind of keep that structure, but instead of doing this, yeah, over six or seven episodes of a TV show, we're just gonna, you know, try to make this into like a two hour movie. And it, it's ambitious to do and like you said, it's weird because again, this was wildly successful. So you can't say that like yeah. they got it wrong because people clearly were really into this. Um, it's just interesting when you're coming from it, like as someone like for me who isn't this uh, fanboy uh, of this, who actually like really had no idea about much of the mythology or anything of this. Uh, yeah, it is you know a little disorienting, but I also appreciate the fact that they just went for it. And it wasn't, you know, them trying to do like, well, we've got to service all the people who aren't fans. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is for the fan. Fuck the normies. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. And it, it is, it's cool, like you said, to sort of buck the trend and sort of like try something different a little bit. Well, obviously, yes, it did work in the, in the tune of $500 million worldwide. Um, but for like a traditionalist just watching a movie, you're like, man, this is disjointed as fuck. Yeah, like as a movie, I wouldn't like say this is like well done, but I think as part of the overall arc of Demon Slayer, I'm sure fans are like pretty happy with it. Like, I know this movie, like, I guess it was nominated for like the 93rd Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature, uh, but it never uh, obviously got the nomination, which is interesting yeah. because a lot of times they, you know, Oscar rewards 
you know, uh, money, success. money <laughs> and success. success. But this is not American money, right? So they don't reward yeah. it as badly. But then also, to be fair, if I was like an Academy watcher and I watched this, I'm going like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know if I would necessarily put this in the Academy Awards like that year. I mean, Soul won, and then it's you get movies like Onward. Um, you've got uh, Over the Moon, which is something I'm I just learning about right now in the moment. A Shaun the <laughs> Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Okay, well, maybe it deserved a nomination. <laughs> maybe as a if Shaun the Sheep got a nomination, maybe this one did. Uh, yeah. Should have been nominated over it but i also so, get one. so malcolm you're saying older academy of voters just wouldn't really get this so what you're saying is malcolm when <laughs> millenni- when millennials are in their 60s you know 65 ish and become you know more of the academy voter type you're saying that dragon ball extreme ultra instinct uh the movie will have a shot because they'll have familiarity probably only I'm, only if it's actually well done I if mean, it's only if it's good, so or some sort of anime movie is going to like really break through that isn't Studio Jim. When Goku's story finally gets the brand new conclusion that it deserves, um, long after Toriyama has passed, when it finally um, completely erases all of Dragon Ball GT, um, that's when a Dragon Ball movie will yeah, be. When dominated. the grandson is like, I'm finishing the story that my grandfather started. <laughs> That's when it'll get an Oscar nomination. You know what? I cannot wait because uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly was robbed. <laughs> uh, it will have. It will depend if if there's anything good releasing that year, like Shaun of the Sheep. <laughs> Shaun of the Sheep, uh, Farmageddon Five, or some shit. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's all so, going to be sequel. I'm waiting for the day that the animated category is all sequels. <laughs> I mean, because it's going to happen. We all know it's uh, going to happen at some point. Most definitely. Um, so, so Mark, uh, you, you can help me out with this. So, so the trained mm-hmm. demon is not the demon that is the final boss, right? Correct. Okay, so explain how that can how that gets concluded because I was confused. Um, so obviously, yeah, they they go through the the final boss, or it's not the final boss. So they go through the train boss, and obviously, we we've we touched on this before how. Um, he changes his tactics and he tries to, um, he tries to like get, uh, get Tanjiro to, to kill himself so that he can help survive and win and everything like that. And ultimately Inosuke and, and Tanjiro team up to, to, to thwart the villain. Um, and at that point, obviously the, the train sort of kind of derails itself. Um, and you hear a loud sort of explosion sort of, um, in the background that happens after the train stops and you wonder what is that? And that's when this demon shows up and I believe, yes, I have it here. Uh, the name of the demon is actually Akaza and he is an upper three. demon. So like I we were talking about earlier with the different rankings, he's now one of like the S class type, um, type of, uh, demons. Okay. Um, uh, in in um, in the first season, I think we come across one or two of the S of the upper demons, um, and then we uh, and then for sure we see another one in the second season in the entertainment district arc, and we finally meet another one here. 
in in the Mugen Train arc, and he's an upper three demon. So you can see, so you could sort of, and then by the basically the end of it, you sort of see the power gap difference between your lower rank one and your upper rank three. With that, which is what the what which is what the train demon sort of wanted to attain to. He's his goal. Yeah, because he has that whole monologue as he's dying, like at the end, mm. where he's like that, fl- the, which is actually this like really grotesque image of just him as like this flesh like baby, yeah. like like just kind of almost like melting away. It looks like uh, yeah, he just looks like a bunch of like what I assume hot dogs look like before they <laughs> made it to hot dogs. You know, like that yeah. meat paste. Meet with some with some eyes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, but like, and, and he has that whole monologue about like how he's you know going to how he couldn't believe that humans had beat him, and he like just as a demon he wanted to like you know at least take over one human, and like you know, mm-hmm. and also like the fact that there's what is it? He implies that woman uh, who's in the I forget her name. Um, Nazco, yeah. That is Nazco a demon and like a reformed yeah. demon? Yeah. So I guess that's probably something that we should definitely address is that so Nezko is uh, one of the survivors of the attack that originally spawned basically Tanjiro on his journey. Um, his sister was attacked and attacked by a demon and in the process uh, sort of survives, but because of that becomes a demon herself. So Tanjiro obviously looking to find some semblance and basically, I guess, out of guilt try to save as much of his family as possible is trying to plead with the demon slayers who are basically a non like a no-nonsense group is like it's a demon we got to kill it yeah tanjiro is like well no she's my family i i can you know please spare her i i we can we can cure her blah 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 uh and she ends up that's why she's in that little box because it's very much like a vampire thing where she's exposed to sunlight she starts to die and so, um, yeah, she's a, she's a, basically a, a, a part of the team who uh, goes through her own, I guess, shonen or shoju uh, journey as well, where she gradually powers up just as well as, as Tanjiro. And as you can see, she sort of helps when, like, to help snap um, Tanjiro out of the dream state with, with, like, the headbutt and then the fire and everything like that. And she helps free the rest of the team with, like, burning the ropes and everything like that so um, yeah i yeah. like that i like that as as well like that was kind of intriguing when i like finally kind of pieced that together as a viewer where i was like oh that's kind of cool to have like again that that family connection and then the demon um connection as well and the fact that it's like oh can we reform a demon and basically like you know use a demon's powers against the demons themselves like you know can we you know, it adds to the fact that a lot of these demons do have some shreds of humanity left. And I guess also for me, you know, I was kind of learning about some of the mythology through her character of like, oh, does that mean like most demons were at one point human and then got possessed? Or like, you know, that stuff is still a little unknown to me and a little bit murky, but I don't know, it was just really intriguing. Um, So you actually kind of hit it right on the head there. A lot of the, a lot of the demons... Uh, l- both lower, upper, and even some of the regular demons uh, were all former humans at some point, and they somehow got turned into demons. And um, some of them power up through different means, through just like sheer will. I think other ones uh, get powered up um, by a little bit of assistance from the main sort of the main guy, which the the train guy sort of alludes to about getting more of 
um, the the head bosses like blood to make them more powerful so that he can make the jump from lower rank one to to like the s class tier that makes i guess that's why it is called demon slayer <laughs> you know i guess like demons are you know ultimately you know beings that possess humans uh i guess if you're gonna like define what a demon is um yeah and uh, yeah so I guess that does make sense. I answered a question that only I asked <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast episode. Let's talk about Rengoku's fight with the uh, the upper upper three, right? Upper three mm-hmm. demon? Yeah. Akaza. Right. Pardon me, what'd you say? Akaza, I believe is his name. Akaza. I thought this fight was great. I mean, again, I love the appeal that the demon uh, makes to Rengoku for one thing. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, do you like, think it was interesting? No, because again, it was like he doesn't necessarily want to kill him. He wants him to like become one of him so they can duke it out for eternity, basically. Mm-hmm. When Rengoku makes that big move on him, like the demon is upset. I thought that was again like, okay, this isn't what I necessarily expected. No, I that makes yeah, that makes sense. It's and the expectations. And, and the fight is just fuck it, it's Dragon Ball Z shit, you know what I mean? It's just like massive explosions of, you know, fire and beams. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's what you want a, a shonen anime to be. It's what you expect from the genre, and it delivers effectively. I felt. Oh, hundred percent. Like, um, again, this is probably one of the reasons why it was one of the, um, you know, highest grossing movies of all time. Like, or, or animated movies is just that. Um, it was what it's exactly what you what you wanted to, to what what you wanted to be. It's like why you go watch like a. Um, like a, a rock movie where you know, like, hey, I, I just want to see him do stupid, like, superpower type shit, and this is exactly what that is. Um, it's just superpowered shonen trope stuff where you fight a bad guy and you try to push through your limits. Exactly, and uh, unfortunately, uh, as as we said way earlier in this podcast, uh, this is the end of Rengoku's story. That is the that is the self contained thing about this movie, which is. Uh, Rengoku does not survive this fight um, and he doesn't even kill the, the demon either the demon runs away and I guess it's, it's his death isn't shown so I'm assuming that you know there's going to be more from him eventually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you would be right yeah he, he I would be right yeah <laughs> he uh he he definitely um lives to see another day Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of. I mean, it's a little bit of a cop out for a movie to to do that, where it's like, oh, we're teasing the fact that this villain is still around, but also at the same time, it's like I you have to remember this is you know part of a larger story, uh, and not and to what, treat it like like a normal you know movie that way. Exactly, and and that's for sure. This was definitely when I first saw it. This is definitely one of the um, like reasons or 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 like telltale signs where like this is definitely not meant to be a movie movie because it's sort of like ending your movie with or your tv series by pulling the dream card you know yeah it's like and it was all a dream (laughs) yeah you sort of feel like no you get no payoff you get no completion you know it's it's like it's like the empire strikes back of animes where like you end on a downer you're like fuck i want more like this is such an unfulfilling ending. Like you just, you just killed one of the like the bad, like the coolest dudes there. You made me care about him. I'm crying, and the bad, the guy who killed him gets away. No, that 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 can't happen, right? And so, 
if it was a self-contained movie you're like this is fucked but when you're like oh this is all part of an arc you're like okay i guess yeah, the only the only time a, like it was all a dream has ever worked in the history of Hollywood, in the history of cinema, in the history of uh, content uh, is when uh, the sitcom uh, Newhart ends in a dream in which it's revealed that he was uh, it was the dream of the main character of Bob Newhart's other sitcom, the Bob New uh, the Bob Newhart Show. Uh, that's oh. the only time a dream for me has ever felt like. Okay, that makes sense. And let's be real. I have not watched New Heart or the Bob Newhart <laughs> show, but I have seen that, like, it's a classic ending. And it's the only time it's like, okay, I can see how that this makes sense. But like you said earlier, you know, I think every other time you're sort of like, oh, this is a cop. But why did I just spend all this time, like, wanting this to, you know, or, like, getting invested in this if this is all just like, going to be, like... emotionally invested, like, when, when, when you make me care for Rengoku and then, you, you like, you, you just pull the rug from out from under me and like i'm upset yeah it's the same thing it's like why i like hey you know like think that the inception ending is so like divisive it's yeah. like you watch yeah. it you're like are you, what what was this whole movie a fucking dream like did nothing matter like come on like thank, this can't thank, be it thankfully um, um you know what i like the reading that came from a very intelligent critic uh matt goldberg from uh formerly of collider where he said the point of the ending of inception is that the character doesn't give a shit whether he's in a dream or not anymore and that's the whole point it's like what a what a what a great what a great hero <laughs> what a great protagonist no if but he like, doesn't give what, a shit, is... you shouldn't give a shit too no but i mean that's the point he's he's moved on beyond whether he cares at this yeah point. but as a viewer i was i hadn't moved on in the final minute of that movie <laughs> i i like that re- i like that reading of the inception ending uh, that it doesn't no, matter. I'm just te- I'm just hassling. I'm just trying to come up with like stuff uh, about dreams. <laughs> I'm like, what's one? Paprika, paprika. Well, Cowboy Bebop also said our our it was also about dreams. Uh, dreams, pretty pretty common thing in some of the things uh, we covered, like the whole uh, Cowboy Bebop <laughs> the movie with uh, Vincent and his whole um, yeah thing. But no, um, I guess we've talked about the conclusion of this movie. Uh, maybe not the most organic way, but yeah, Tanjiro and Co. They cry uh, as um, and they cry and they cry. I, you know, I, I think it's a win against toxic masculinity that they all cried at the end. The problem yep. was it just really dragged. <laughs> it was like I was like I was like okay, like this is like, this is an ending, and like I, for me, it just felt like okay, this is like five minutes of it. Um, but I understood like why they wanted to go for it. And we kind of touched on the fact that it's like, you know, I think if I was more invested, then maybe I'd be tearing up a little bit more. Um, but I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's kind of hard once it becomes you're like, is it a dream or not? When you're like, oh, is this character really dead or not? Is the villain going to come back or not? Um, but obviously, yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? I feel like I feel like I'm talking in circles. <laughs> no, I think I think we can move on to speed wagons and then maybe final thoughts. I know this isn't the most satisfying ending to our podcast, but hey, so maybe that's also the case for this movie, which doesn't have much of an ending other than you know the ending of you know Rengoku. Moving on, let's get to our favorite segment. Uh, mm-hmm. Saka, cue the music. Speed wagon, 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 speed wag
who is the Robert E.O. Speedwagon of this anime. So for those just showing in, our Robert E.O. Speedwagon is um, our favorite supporting character of this film that really only has four or five characters. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really down to maybe two characters. And I will go, as always, for my Speedwagon, which is... Maybe even not even a speed wagon, because I think we can argue he's the lead of the movie. It is Rengoku. Um, mm. Rengoku is cool. He is, again, he has an excellent introduction with tasty, tasty, tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, we get a conclusion. This is the end of Rengoku, unless uh, somehow the manga brings him back. I don't know. I have not read that far in advance or, or seen anything past this. Maybe he appears in flashbacks in the future. I have no idea. But no, I think Rengoku is a great character. I think the fact that his story ends in this movie um, makes this feel the most like a movie. Mm. <laughs> if, if this was just ten, uh, Tanjiro versus the demons, it would feel even less movie-like. It would just, again, be, be an episode of the show. Um, so yeah, I think Rengoku is, is a great character. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll agree with you there because uh, Rengoku is also my... Uh, speed wagon of of the uh, of the episode or of of this podcast. Um, yeah, he is a great character, and definitely by the end of it, I was super sad when he was gone. Um, I thought that he was definitely a cool character, and it's someone that uh, just as someone who's invested in the series, it's someone that I I would have liked to see um, Tanjiro like learn from because you could definitely see that um, through there's bits in the in the movie here where he starts to exhibit a secondary um um skill so, you know he used to be mainly just water types like a pokemon now he's exhibiting fire type as well because you know when he throws when he chucks the sword at at at, uh, at akaza you see the flame erupt from him as well as he throws it so i thought that was interesting i'm like oh tanjiro can only go up from here but he needs a suitable teacher for it um but yeah Rengoku was a really solid character, cool throughout the entire thing, and I'm just super sad that he's he's not around anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I I want to also just kind of like throw my hat and just go like, yeah, him too. Um, but I'm I've got to stay true to my roots. Uh, I got to go with the board boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know he's you know again I'm one of the main characters, but I, this char- this movie didn't have a lot of like scenes that didn't take place on the train uh so you know there wasn't just like a supporting character to be like oh yeah like the ticket taker or the train conductor uh you know maybe you know they could have been something Uh, so i don't know i just loved the uh just the visual of the boar uh boy and uh i know i'm just calling him boar boy i know he has an actual name but i'm I'm at the point where i'm just like i'll call him boar boy so everyone knows what i'm talking about yeah um boar boy uh, apparently he's a beautiful man. So, so, and uh, I feel vindicated for you saying that because I did tell Mark uh, yesterday that I thought uh, that's who you would pick for your speed wagon. I almost so. actually went with, um, with Akaza, but he has such a short short appearance span that I, I couldn't quite give it to him just yet. Um, he does some cool things, you know, like he, he comes in like comes in like a wrecking ball and just blasts through what is supposed to be one of the upper echelon of uh, of the the demon slayers in there in in the hashiras and um you can clearly see there's a power gap there between um the upper level demons 
Um, and then it goes like Hashiras and then lower level demons and then whatever level like Inosuke, Tanjiro, and Zenitsu are at. Um, so, I mean, he like showed like amazing like regenerative skills where, you know, his hand would get cut in half, but then he'd be like, no, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll just heal right back. So, uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't uh, quite give it to him because Rengoku is just so much better. So, final thoughts on Demon Slayer Mugen Train. I, I'll go first because I have like I don't feel like I have like a ton of thoughts, so I feel like I might as well just you know kind of let you two go. I feel like Mark has the most opinion here, uh, which is good. Um, I mean, yeah, for this one, I, I kind of said it earlier. It's a it's sort of like this weird roller coaster. Uh, as someone who's like not familiar with Demon Slayer at all, um, there were definitely times where I was feeling like. You know, I'm kind of confused. I'm going, what the hell's going on? Um, but like, they're, you know, kept sucking me back in. Like, I probably say, like, every 10 minutes, it would like suck me back in, either with like a reveal or like the dream sequence or when, you know, this demon like becomes the train uh, or like the death sequence or like just like that nightmare sequence uh, with the parents and the, you know, and the kids being like, you do, you know, you're the reason we're dead. You should be dead instead of us. Like, like those moments were great, but then I kind of just felt like there was like other moments of just like long monologues and like, you know, just scenes that kind of just dragged that I felt like could have been tightened up. Like this movie feels like it's about two hours in running time. And I'd say it feels like it's bloated by about 20 minutes. Like I think you could cut about 20 minutes here and make a more succinct like train movie. Like, you know, um, but yeah, so other than that, it's like, I think this seems like it's like a solid part of the mythology. And I got to give the credit uh, to like the creator here uh, for coming up with something that's so mega popular. Like, I am i don't know. I don't see why it's so popular based on this. But, you know, good for him for dethroning Dragon Ball in one piece. Uh, those, uh, those kings need to be brought down. <laughs> so uh, the final thoughts are uh, don't watch the movie. <laughs> um, yeah if if you're uh, so for anyone out there who is just uh listening who's like oh i'm gonna listen to this and see if i want to get into um into demon slayer i recommend skip the movie just watch the series watch it as a series it'll make more sense it'll be a little bit more cohesive and uh i think you'll enjoy it more um again just, just from the points that we had brought up earlier in in the podcast uh, or in the podcast it just it kind of feels disjointed and you'll see it if, if, if you watch it, you can definitely go back and see, but I would definitely recommend watch uh, season one, 1.5 and then on to season two. Uh, Cause I know for sure after I finished one or the movie, I was like, I need to see what happens next because you left me. Uh, you gave me metaphorical TV blue balls and I need to, <laughs> I need to see what's going on here. So um, it I does give you. I will say the movie does achieve the fact that they're, they're. I'm a little bit intrigued by the like being like, oh, maybe I should like see the, the watch the show now to like kind of you know understand more of what I watched. Like I feel like you know I do have those kind of yearning feelings as well as like you said, what comes next? There's it does like have a bit of a cliffhanger and it's not like a resolved story. Um, so m- most definitely, it is a great and beautiful, wonderfully animated. TV series, and I think that's probably what's going to go down the most, maybe for for the series, is that it, it was just it was just beautiful, you know, like how um, Attack on Titan has the story for it, right? Um, this one is just the the action is is, is on another level, and I think um, 
it sort of puts all the other shonen anime on notice to be like, look, this is kind of like what what um, what uh, Cowboy Bebop did to a degree with like the cool story tell, uh, stories and the storytelling. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed. Again, I, I'm a big shonen fan, so I'm always gonna uh, lean towards um, some good, good old slashy slashy. Um, and for anyone out there who's just looking for like good, like slashy action fun, I definitely recommend the series. Um, but go ahead, skip the movie and watch it as the the season one point five. I think you'll get more enjoyment out of that versus just watching the movie instead. Yeah, no, that's an, it's a that's yeah. You're putting it way more succinctly than I did. <laughs> or or I did. this is interesting. We th- this was a real trick from us. We're saying we're saying we're doing Demon Slayer Mugen Train the movie podcast, and then we're like, no, watch the uh, TV version. But yeah, maybe that also, means you have to go back and uh, watch the show and then compare uh, compare notes. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, the same thing, though, right? Like they're 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 it's basically just the same thing. Like we're not, you're not really losing anything there. It's just, again, just just from what I, I I've I've seen, like, just how movies feel to me. Like, doesn't feel like a movie, right? So exactly, if it feels, if it feels like a movie to you, more power to you. Go ahead and watch it, because you know, honestly, it'll probably save you the the two hours you spend watching the movie will probably save you what the 140 minutes. So the extra 20 minutes that you you spend on on watching the episodics, um. But yeah, I guess to each your own. You're you're really doing the same thing. It's still the same story. There's there's no big diff. But for me, I think the cohesiveness of just going series, series, series feels a lot better than just throwing another movie in the middle. Thank God yeah. for streaming because uh, you can just do that. You can just <laughs> do that. you can just be like, all right, I'm watching Demon Slayer season one, and then season two is in fact the Mugen Train story. So, boom, even easier. Yeah. You don't even have to press an extra button. You know what's even better is watching it in 1.5 speed. Oh yeah, you told me you did that. <laughs> I, I also, uh, full disclosure, I did that, and I, again, I felt it was short. Uh, I felt it was long. <laughs> I don't do. I can't. I can't imagine doing that. I don't do that, man. I, I treat no. art like art. I. Um, that's the thing as well. Like I, I only do it on like a rewatch because for me, like if I'm rewatching something, my my stupid brain is like, I already know what's happening here. Like I've spoiled myself, so. It's so, I do, it's so, yeah, I do do. I do like that. I think it's easier to do one, like go one point five speed on, uh, on something that's animated compared to like a live action. Like if I'm, yeah, I can't yeah. really do that. Like watching like uh, a live action movie or TV show, I'm just like, oh. But I, for some for whatever reason, sometimes it like works. Um, it's because the movement. The movement looks so weird. You know, like do you remember back in the day when when um, when uh, HD TVs came out and like there oh, was. Yeah. The- frame rate that where people were adjusting to yeah and like oh this shit looks weird i can't watch it and then we eventually adapted right so yeah and now it's funny it's like we've moved so far beyond it that we kind of, kind of go back and go oh the quality's so bad <laughs> this <is> <laughs> yeah, <AD? laughs> yeah. Uh, you know we're at 4k and beyond um anyways we're, uh we're hollow, hollow vision time for plugs folks uh mark where can people find you if you want to be found yeah, if you guys want to find me um, on Twitter, I believe, and Blancafloor should be the same as last time. Uh, Instagram as well, and Blancafloor, uh, M-B-L-A-N-C-A-F-L-O-R. I'm there. You can go ahead and DM, slide in them DMs, hit me on the messages, whatever. Always down to chat, talk about anything as well. Uh, I do have a hobby uh, Instagram. I believe it's full-fledged footy fan. <laughs> 
it is basically my hobby account for uh, trading cards and some other things, sports related and everything like that. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, something else that I just do for the fun on the slide. Um, but yeah, and that's me, guys. Yeah, they'll all be in the show notes uh, for this episode if you're interested. Uh, Jack, where can people find you? Uh, at Jack is Jack on Instagram and only real Jack M on Twitter. What about you, Malcolm? Uh, for me, you can find me at Malcolm RJ McLeod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not super active on Twitter, but uh, you know, I post stories and stuff on my Instagram. So yeah, feel free to uh, give it a follow. Uh, if you enjoyed this uh, podcast, uh, we have a, a podcast Instagram at is this anime pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the Instagram's uh, more active. Uh, yeah, give us a follow. Uh, also, you can uh, rate and like uh, and leave reviews for this podcast on like Apple and Spotify and other streaming uh, platforms, however you're listening to podcasts right now. So please do that. Uh, it really word of mouth helps a small podcast like us out immensely. Uh, you know, I think the feedback we've gotten so far has helped influence uh, episode and like stuff we've covered on the show. So the more uh, you reach out, the more you engage, the, the helps everyone out. I'm really, we love to hear from everyone. So yeah, give us some stars. Uh, it really helps again, a small podcast like us out. So uh, yeah, I think uh, that about wraps everything up. Uh, I don't think there's any more uh, final thoughts. I think uh, the consensus seems to be uh, that this is really just a continuation of the TV show, but as a movie. Um, yeah. So I think uh, until next week, uh, I think that it wraps everything up and remember tasty, uh, salty, uh, umami, sour, bitter, sweet, salty, tasty, tasty, mm, 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 tasty. Uh, I love that tasty sweet ramen. Bye bye. L- later, power bonds. Mm-hmm.